The Set the Pace podcast is brought to you by New Balance, the official apparel and footwear partner of New York Roadrunners and the TCS New York City Marathon. You know, one of my favorite things about marathoners is that we're not afraid to show off the fact that we run marathons. We love to let people know we love to go 26.2. And if you haven't already, you should head to newbalance.com to check out this year's official TCS New York City Marathon collection. And if you're a New Yorker out there, you can actually come check out the collection in person or even take a pair of New Balance shoes out for a test run at the New York Roadrunners Run Center, which is located at 57th Street between 8th and 9th Avenue. We got tons of new colors and fits and everything from the official jacket to my go-to daily trainer, the Fresh Foam 1080 V13, which are available for sale on October the 13th. You know, one of my favorite things about my job as CEO of New York Roadrunners is that running shoes and trainers are appropriate attire pretty much anywhere I go. So I want to thank New Balance for hooking me up with a pair of those early. They're super comfortable and lightweight, which is exactly what I'm looking for. And my favorite part is that they feature the marathon logo and the color. So thank you, New Balance, for letting my New Balance gear do the talking for me. Also, the full line will be available race week right before the TCS New York City Marathon at the Expo at the Javits Center. So check it out. Thank you, New York. Today, we're reminded of the power of community and the power of coming together. Athletes, on your mark. The first woman to finish for the second straight year here in the New York City Marathon is Mickey Gorman, a smiling Mickey Gorman, and why not? 2.29.30, the time for Gritterbikes. Look at the emotion of Shalane Flanagan as she comes to the line. Pointing to his chest, pointing to the USA. He so proudly wears across his chest. A great day for Mel Kapleski. Hello and welcome to another episode of Set the Pace, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners, brought to you by New Balance. I am New York Roadrunner CEO Rob Simulcare, joined, as always, by 2009 New York City Marathon champion Meb Kofleski. Meb, how are you today? I'm doing well, Rob. Just been busy with a kiss schedule, you know, traveling and things like that for cross country and soccer, but good to be back with you. You're in that world where it's all about the kids. I totally get it. I live there myself. Uh, we are excited. We got a great episode today, Meb. We're going to have a one-on-one that I did with my colleague, uh, New York City Marathon race director, Ted Metellus. He's going to join me to give runners a little sense of what to look ahead to uh, in terms of the details of the marathon this year and all the logistics and the operations that go into putting on one of the greatest races in the world. So Ted will be with us in just a minute, Meb. I look forward to that. But Mab, let's talk about this weekend. And this past weekend, you know, the big story in the world of running was the cancellation of the Twin Cities Marathon and Twin Cities 10-mile race. Uh, this was really uh, unfortunate, Meb, to see. Um, there was unseasonably warm weather in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. They were forecasting a high of over 90 degrees on Sunday when that race was scheduled to take place. They had uh, expected 20,000 participants in either the marathon or the 10-mile race, but uh, organizers had to make a decision early Sunday morning to cancel it. And Meb, this is something that so many people in the running industry are paying attention to, right? We're seeing climate change. It's getting warmer. And we had a warm race in New York last year. We were able to have it, but it was a warm and humid 
you know, mid to upper 70s day. A lot of people struggled. You know, it's definitely something that we're seeing more and more and more of in running. Temperature has been in the rise. And as you know, many people were complaining over the summer. You know, we supposed to expect four coming, but unfortunately for the Twin Cities Marathon and 10, 10 miler is uh, unfortunate because the organizers, I'm pretty sure they're disappointed because they can host a wonderful event that everybody been training for, looking forward to. At the same time, the runners were, you know, they've been training, you know, in the summer and sacrificing their body and, you know, get ready for anything. But health always comes first and it's a hard decision to make. But, you know, height accommodation is important. You know, you never know what you're going to get mother nature as an elite athlete. That always been the case. You know, you can't win mother nature, but you can try to do as much preparation as possible, whether it means sit in the sauna or run in the middle of the day with wearing sweats in the 85 degree of San Diego or, you know, go down to the, the hardest part of the day because you'd rather have a cooler eventually than not be ready. But you can't predict mother nature and it's kind of tough to go, but I'm pretty sure the uh, governing body and city officials and race organizations, I think, for the health of those run all the runners and make the dis- even this disappoint at the at the time. Yeah, I mean, these are really tough decisions to make. I feel for uh, the organizers in Minnesota. You know, it's something that we all think about and uh, and worry about as organizers of big endurance events. And you know, it's you you, you said it. I mean, you got to do what's right for the safety of the runners first and foremost, as hard as it may be to cancel an event like that. And, you know, we, we actually had a cancellation of our own this past weekend in New York. We had to cancel the 18-mile TCS New York City Marathon training run um, that was supposed to take place in Central Park on Saturday. That was for a different, also probably climate-related reason. We had torrential rain in New York on Friday, uh, massive flooding, all the mass transit was shut down. Um, there was flooding in Central Park. There was flooding everywhere, um, especially in Brooklyn. And so we had to make the decision not to hold that race Saturday because the city was really still struggling to get back to its feet after a, an historic uh, rain event. So, you know, this is the time we're living in. And, you know, we just have to make the best decisions we can with safety always being the very first imperative. All right, Meb, we'll talk more about running in hot weather and your tips for people who've got to run when the weather's warm. I know you did it many times in your career, so we'll get some of Meb's wisdom on running in the warm weather in today's Meb Minute. But first, let's get to our interview today with TCS New York City Marathon race director, Ted Metellus. It is my pleasure to welcome in to set the pace the senior vice president and race director of the TCS New York City Marathon, the man who makes the magic happen week in and week out here at New York Roadrunners, Ted Metellus. Ted, welcome to the Set the Pace podcast. Uh, thank you so much. This is uh, really, really cool to be here and be a part of this. So uh, I'm uh, pretty psyched about this. What's cooking? Let's dive in. I'd like to say that you you chose to be here, but I just dragged you from your office upstairs to my office and pretty much made you do this. But thanks for spending the time. You know, this is your third time as race director of, let's be honest, the greatest marathon in the world. Um, yes. What does that mean to you? you you've, you've been in this space for a long time. You, your first New York City marathon experience was back in 2001. Since then, you've been involved in marathons all over the world, but now you're back for the third time running this one. What does it mean to you to be the man in charge on race day here? You know, it's, it's wild. Uh, when you think about 
being here in 01, it was soon after 9-11. And uh, the world that we know is totally different now, 20 plus years later. But that was a time that the city needed this major event for people to come together and engage and connect. And then my first go around was 2021, you know, after COVID and everything else that went down during that time. And again, the city along the world needed something to wrap its arms around. And that's what the TCS New York City Marathon provided. Um, you know, starting here many, many years ago as an event manager, I didn't think I'd ever see myself in the seat of race director, but it's not something that I would shy away from. I was very, very fortunate to follow behind the footsteps of great race directors before. I mean, Fred LeBeau, Anna Steinfeld, Mary Wittenberg, Peter Chacha, Jim Heim, and now here I am, you know, following suit here. And one interesting fun fact for you, three of those race directors are all Bronx natives. <laughs> You being the latest and greatest. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So Alan Seinfeld, Peter Chacha, and Ted Vitalis are all Bronx natives. Hey, you know what? It's it's the Bronx, you know? It's the, <laughs> some people feel like the Bronx, you know, doesn't get as much due course as it should get as part of the New York City Marathon, but it's a great stretch of the marathon. And what do you remember about the marathon as a, as a kid growing up in the Bronx? Do you remember... Seeing it, do you remember going by, checking it out? What, 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 what was, what's your memories of it from those days? So the greatest memory I have as a youth uh, with the marathon uh, didn't happen as a kid because you know the marathon's this massive thing. I'm uptown in the Bronx, you know, doing what we, whatever we were doing during marathon time. But I think the single greatest part of what made the marathon special to me was that my mother finally understood what it was that I did for a living. <laughs> so here I am many years into the profession, working in the event space. I get the phone call to come to me, work for the marathon. One of my colleagues was uh, an event manager. They needed additional logistical support, rightly so, coming out of 9-11. And I told my mom, hey, mom, you know, I'm going to go work for the marathon. And it clicked because my mother worked in housekeeping. In downtown in one of the hotels in Midtown. And she knew that every November, the, the hotel got super duper busy from people traveling from literally all over the world. And it was the greatest day in the city. And that was when my mother knew exactly what I did. That's my, my family, my parents, everybody was like, we get it now. We get it now. So, you know, it's a shame. I think you're, my parents have since been gone. And if they knew that not only am I back at Roadrunners, not only am I back with the marathon, but at the capacity that I've been over the last five years plus, uh, I think they'd be pretty proud of it. It's so funny how people with amazing jobs often have that problem of their parents <laughs> not understanding exactly what it is that they do. But you did not have that problem. So that's a beautiful thing. That's it. That's it. So what's it like for you to wake up on race morning, Ted? Um, it's a huge responsibility, right? You got 50,000 runners uh, waking up after you do because you're up real, real early getting out to Staten Island for the start. But, you know, people from all over the world come to New York to experience this uh, and they're in our hands for that day, you know, for the weekend, really, but especially for that day. What does it feel like for you? You've, this, you've been up through it before. This will be my first as CEO. So I'm going to wake up with that feeling the first Sunday in November this year. So you tell me what it's going to be like for me, Ted, to wake up knowing that I'm in charge of the TCS New York City Marathon. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to equate it to participating in the marathon. Now, Rob, you've run the TCS New York City Marathon, correct? Yes, twice. So there you go. 
I've run the marathon twice myself. Um, and the best way for people to understand what it is that we do is lining it up to what their preparation has been for the better part of the last, you know, three to six months. All of the planning, all of the preparation lines up perfectly to what we're doing operationally on our side and or as an organization as well. So we're a month out from the marathon um, upon everyone listening to this here. And think about how you feel physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally now versus three months ago, five months ago, six months ago, a year ago. You are more prepared now to take on this challenge than you ever were before. But it was set to a plan. You know, it was doing the research, getting yourself prepared for this experience, talking to people, getting the data and information to build yourself up to this point. Here we are race day and what you're going to encounter on the runner side is similar to what we encounter on the operations side. You're going to lean on your training. You're going to lean on all the preparation that got you to where you are right now. We're going to lean on our logistics and planning, all of the conversations we've had with city agency partners, all of the staff that we've dialed in, all of the preparation, all of the planning is now going to come into action. All right. So that is what we are going to see race morning, you know, bright and early is all right. This is it. This is what we've been building and preparing ourselves for. Let's go. It's all about the preparation. That's what it comes down to, whether you're a runner or whether you're running it, right? And Correct. so that's what it comes down to. Ted, two areas where we're making some changes from last year, um, transportation before the race and then family reunion after the race. Can you touch on both those for a second? Yeah. So less changes, I would say more enhancements. So for transportation, one of the things that we've done is increase the infrastructure there. So when athletes get to their transportation locations, particularly at the ferry, they'll see signage, equipment, and personnel help them quickly and easily get onto their buses, loaded on, and then also getting off the buses quickly and smooth. So those things there would be two elements that the participants will see as an enhancement to our transportation. For family reunion, one of the things that we really want to stress that folks understand is, you know, family reunion will be on Central Park West, but then on the cross streets which themselves will be broken up by their letters. So it's the first letter of your last name. So they'll be broken down by a letter in each of those um, streets. Uh, on Central Park West, south of the finish line, exit on 77th Street there. So if you are picking up your baggage, you can get that there. And if you're not, you make that immediate left, walk down Central Park West, and then you'll be able to meet your loved ones on one of those adjacent roadways there. So those are two key pieces there that we want to make sure that folks are prepared for come race day. That information will be in their you know, final instructions that will be receiving to you. And data and information will also be at the Javits Center at the Expo. Let's talk about some of the things that, you know, we know runners are thinking about these logistical things, especially the first timers, right? Let's start at the start for them. And the, and the first thing that they do on race day, of course, is get up and figure out how they're getting to Fort Wadsworth, Staten Island. We got people getting out there a lot of different ways. We got people taking buses. We got people taking the Staten Island Ferry. Some people taking private transportation. Some folks already out in Staten Island. That process, of course, starts long before the marathon with the choices that we ask these runners to make to choose that transportation, right? So talk about what goes into the transportation planning and how runners should think about it. I mean, if they haven't signed up for transportation by the time they're listening to this a month out, they definitely need to get on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, what was interesting is when you wake up on race morning, 
it sh- you should have had a plan in place about what you're going to do and it's automatic. It's no different than, you know, getting up on a Tuesday and what your morning routine is and rolling out. It's no different than when you get up on the weekend and you get ready for your long training run. What that preparation was to get yourself rolling that morning. What do you need to eat? What do you need to drink? What do you need to prep yourself for? What's your outfit? So on and so forth. So again, you lean back on what you've done, uh, muscle memory, you know? So in the case of the transportation component, I will equate it to travel, just good old fashioned travel, you know, whether you're going to Barcelona or going to Boston, you know, so what, or whether you're going down to Brooklyn, you know, what are, what do you need to do to prepare, prepare yourself? So that way it's the smoothest uh, trip possible. You know, do you have, do you know what time you're leaving? What your departure is? Do you have the ticket? Do you have, you know, your plan in place? Do you have any supply that you need to get to where you need to get to? You know, uh, for those that travel by air, because not everybody does, but for those that travel by air, if your flight is departing at five, you don't show up at 4.54. You know, you show up prior to that because there'll be similar experiences that you would see traveling through an airport that you will see on race day. So let's run through it really quickly. First and foremost, uh, you know where your departure is going to be. So we're here in New York City. You have LaGuardia, you have JFK, or you have Newark. Where am I flying out of? You know. So what's your point of exit to get to where you need to get to? So is it the Midtown uh, buses? Is it the ferry option? Are you traveling out of MetLife Stadium and the uh, Uh, buses that are offered through there. What is your mode of transportation? What time is your departure time? Double checking that, triple checking that to make sure you're set and ready to go. Do I have everything I need for that trip? You know, do I have my supplies? And those transportation times, talk about why it's important to actually use the time you've been given, right? It is crucial that people see that, understand that, and then do what it says because it's bigger than just them, right? That it has a, a big impact on the overall operation and, and whether it's their experience or the experience of others, making sure it works by making sure that they do what they're supposed to do when it comes to transport. And that's Transportation Logistics 101. Um, you want to have enough options leaving at a certain time to allow there to be a smooth arrival, a smooth screening, and drop off. So if you're, again, using the example of flying at the airport, not every single airline has every single plane leaving at the exact same time. There are multiple times during the day that that's aligned. There are multiple times for transportation options to get to the start line. That's designed to manage flow and volume getting to that point. The smoothest, you're like, wow, everyone's arriving at the same time, getting to their appropriate uh, uh, points of transportation at their assigned time, and it makes it for a way smoother uh, day. Oddly enough, it's what you'll see even when you're running in the waves. It's not one giant wave where everyone's running at the same pace because it's not all the same pace. So it's broken down based on pace, time, and the release. Those same modules come into play with what you'll experience on transportation. Let's talk about runners' second favorite topic other than transportation, which is baggage. Yes. And there was a change some years ago. We used to have baggage that you could bring with you to Staten Island. There were an army of trucks that would bring those parcels to the finish area in Central Park. That's changed some years ago. Now, if you're a runner and you want something to pick up at the finish line, you got to drop it off 
earlier, day before, right? And 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 for their trouble, everybody's getting a nice, warm, beautiful poncho in case it's a cold day to keep them warm till they get their baggage. Can you talk about that? That why that change was made and how runners should prepare if they do want to have something waiting for them at the finish line. So there were a couple of things that came out of the 2020-2021 planning of the marathon with COVID. Um, one is minimizing the number of touch points, uh, and two is timing. So we added an additional a bit of time to add an additional wave to spread that timeline out. But also the transportation component was modified and adjusted where there is a pre-bag drop-off. What we started to do a lot of data checking on is we noticed, you know, okay, not as many athletes are using transportation, I'm sorry, using uh, baggage as we thought. So how do we modify and adjust that? And the thing that the athletes want more so than anything else, and you mentioned it just now, Rob, are the ponchos. You know, so if I give you a poncho, and if I give you a quick exit out of the park, athletes exiting out of the park on 77th Street, and then making your way out to meet your family and friends, family reunion, or wherever you end up going, that's the give back there. So all you need to do if you do need to drop any baggage prior to is we'll come in the Friday and Saturday prior to race day, drop your bags off at your assigned times, and it will have those bags waiting for you on Central Park West when you exit out of the park. Every athlete will be receiving their uh, post-race poncho, which is a huge hit. Athletes will receive you know, their post-race goodies as well, food, snacks, things of that nature, obviously their medal, and then they'll make their way out of the park at 7-7. All right. Well, baggage is key. About a week after we dropped this podcast, Ted, Runners should be getting a confirmation email uh, that's got all the key information for them, right? What wave they're in, the corral they're in. I mean, these are the key facts, right, that really are going to determine a lot about their day. Um, read that closely. Correct. So we have five waves. Uh, first wave is released at 9.10. Last wave is released at 11.30 a.m. So it's gapped out during that time. Absolutely read that information. Maybe a lot to consume. Uh, it may even be daunting, but attack that thing in small pieces and parts as you look at the uh, logistics um, and, and consume it, if you may say. So a little bit at a time. Okay, expo times. What's to be expected? At? Where is the expo at the Jacob Javits Center? How am I going to get there on race day? Time out and plan out your days as best as possible. If you are traveling into time, factor that in. You know, everything from, is it by train? Am I driving in? Am I flying in? Am I dropping my stuff off at the hotel prior to, at a, at a friend's place, at an Airbnb, or whatever the arrangements that you've made? Factor those things in there as, it, as you look at things like the expo timeline that you have assigned yourself to. Am I taking a bag? What do I need to take with me? Am I dropping that off prior to? Am I meeting a loved one? Are they going to bring me what I need? And we'll talk about obviously family, friends, and what the race day experience is going to be for spectators in a moment. So all of those pieces are going to be in the uh, logistics that you'll receive. I call it logistics, but it's your pre-race uh, instructions. Look at those types of things and, and it will better prepare you for what your race day will be, but more importantly, what the, the days leading into it will be. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't received confirmation of your transportation selections by you know a month out, certainly by mid-October, you got to reach out for help. Do not just show up on race morning expecting a ride because that is not going to work out for you. You're not going to be potentially on time for your wave and we don't want to see anybody 
have their day ruined. So make sure you reach out if you're not sure what you need to do. You mentioned Expo. Let's take a step back for a second before we even get to that starting line. And the Expo, which of course is a, a, an extravaganza. We got three days at the Javits Center. You know, again, we're talking about showing up at your assigned time. You get an assigned time to go and pick up your bib, uh, do your shopping with the New Balance store, all the other great stores we've got at the Expo. Um, that's really where the marathon begins. Ted, you and I last year had a great time. Looking forward to it again this year. We're there the day it opens, that Thursday, 10 a.m., um, you know, welcoming the runners, giving out high fives. The Expo is really the first sense runners get for the fact that they're here, that it's happening. Oh, yeah. The the enormity of the Expo is the thing that you'll first see when you get there. I mean, the Jacob Javits Center is a massive, massive facility. Uh, and we're there for three days, you know. So uh, November 2nd, November 3rd, November 4th, the Expo is open. The, the Expo is open to the public. So bring your loved ones, bring your family and friends. Have them come and see and experience what the, what the marathon is all about. Um, there's going to be a tremendous opportunities for photo ops. You know, some of the best photos will be taken there because of all of the signage and branding that's there. But it's also not opportunity for you to connect with many of the staff and volunteers that you might have been working with virtually that has gotten you to where you are today. Yes, meeting the partners, learning more about TCS, learning more about all of the different partners that help engage and connect with us, learning about New York Roadrunners and what we not only do on race day and race weekend, but what we do 365 from our community program programming, our youth programming, our races and events, and all the people that help facilitate making that happen. Um, yes, it's an opportunity for you to get gear, obviously some fantastic New Balance apparel that you'll be able to get there for the CCS New York City Marathon, but also walking around and seeing all of the other things that make the race day special. Um, there's going to be programming, there's going to be coaching, there's going to be uh, talks about what the race day strategy needs to be, talk to some of the pacers that are going to be there. I mean, Quite frankly, it is what you need to kind of give you that last step before race day. So the expo is definitely the place to go to. And we highly recommend people to, again, make sure you've assigned your time appropriately and get out there and enjoy it. You know, document that experience, bring your loved ones with you and, and see what this experience is all about. For the first year, we'll have two stages at Expo this year. One that's devoted to race strategy, course previews. Our coaches will be walking folks through the course and how to approach it giving folks a chance to get mentally ready for that race. And then we'll have a second stage that will be all kinds of great conversational programming with great guests and people talking about running and the industry of running and all the great things around the sport of running, um, you know, people who've written books and all kinds of stuff. So that'll be great as well. So lots to do at the expo. Ted, before we get into the race course, let's talk about volunteers for a second. And they, of course, make this happen You'll first see them as a runner when you show up at the expo. Um, they are everywhere. Um, they are easy to spot. They are helpful. You can go to them, ask a question. If they don't know the answer, they'll send you to someone who does know the answer. But talk about how much it means for us to have these volunteers and, 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 and how much it means for them to be a part of this. Because we've got people who have volunteered in this event for year after year after year. Absolutely. And I think that that's where it comes to is the legacy of the TCS New York City Marathon. I mean, if my math is right, this would be the 52nd running of the marathon. And there are 12,000 volunteers that are a part of this thing. I remember many, many years ago, I was chatting with one of our water station coordinators. This is my first go around with the organization and my first go around with the marathon. And a gentleman by the name of Ali for rest his soul. And he told me that Fred LeBeau himself, 
went around and talked to him and different members of the community and said, we would like you to be a part of the marathon when the race became a five borough experience. So taking it out of the park and bringing it onto the city streets, going around to each of those neighborhoods, communicating with family, friends, and people that are still a part of the marathon to this day, the people in the neighborhoods, the people that are engaged and connected with it, the people that make this race one of the greatest races, one of the greatest events, one of the greatest experiences that you can have. That's what happens uh, with the volunteers that engage with the uh, marathon. And, and again, to your point, at the expo, on the course, at the finish line, getting your medal from them, getting your poncho from them, getting your, your post-race bag, exiting out, people cheering you on and welcoming. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the spectators in a hot second, but the volunteers are the lifeblood of it. And each and every one of them has a marathon story, has a moment that connects them to not only you, but all the people that have been a part of this event years prior to. What's amazing to me about the marathons, you know, the, the volunteers at Marathon, we have this program a lot of people know about, nine plus one. A lot of folks get into the marathon guaranteed by running nine races, volunteering at one. The marathon's a different beast. And most of the folks who are there volunteering for marathon, they're not there to get that plus one. They're there because they love it, because Absolutely. they love being a part of the greatest day of the year in New York City, as we call it. And they come back year after year. Some of them come in groups. Some of them come with their companies, their families, their college friends, their whatever. And it's just a chance to be a part of it, even if they're not running it, to be on that water table, uh, to be you know, on that, you know, wherever it is they are on Marathon Day during the expo. And you can just see how much it means to them. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Okay, Ted, we now have the gun. It has gone off and folks are out there on the course. Talk a little bit about what goes into getting this course ready year in and year out. The course hasn't changed a whole lot, but the work that goes into making sure we're ready and the course is in good shape and that blue line is going through places where we can accommodate 50,000 runners every year starts way before. Yep, yep, yep. So I will correct you. It's not a gun that goes off. It is a cannon because, you know, in New York, we do things big. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and after a very every, big gun. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And after every single start, you'll hear Fred Sinatra singing New York, New York as you're making your way over, which is one of the coolest experiences. And if that doesn't jazz you up, I don't know what does. But um, the planning for 26.2 miles through one of the most densely populated cities in the world is not one that's done by its by one's person's self. It is a total team effort. You know, not only internally with the team here at New York Roadrunners, but externally with all our city partners and agencies that ensure that we have a safe and secure route for the runners. It is a huge day. It is a great day. And people are out there to ensure not only the route is set for you and safe for you, but those that are out there as well. The volunteers, spectators, family, friends, and the general city public. A um, lot of planning and planning that has been going on for a year. Literally, we wrap last year's marathon and then we start the process of the planning of the upcoming year's marathon. So we closed out last year's race and we looked at like areas on the route that we need to adjust, timeline components, extra logistical supplies, extra personnel that we may need to, de to do. We work with uh, Department of Transportation to smooth out the roads. We work with you know, Department of Transportation on, on train options so people can get from one location to the other location to see lo loved ones and family or friends. We work with our partnership team about ways to elevate the route with course entertainment and course experiential pieces. So all of those things come into play with the planning of this. I often tell folks that get overwhelmed on the planning side of things with the marathon, and I tell them, I was like, the hard part's done. 
We know it's starting in Staten Island. We know it's making its way through all five boroughs. We know it finishes in Central Park. Now, every single time I say that, people look at me and like kind of like give me that weird look. But you got to think what Ted Corbett, Fred LeBeau, and so many of the early planners, you know, Vince Chapetta, these folks that were there saying, hey, let's start this race in Staten Island and run 26.2 miles through the city and end in, in, in Central Park. So the planning and preparation for that is tremendous. If there are any adjustments that happen, it takes years of planning prior to. There's already conversations about minor edits and adjustments that we yep. may be looking at in, in another three or four years, but those conversations start now. Uh, you talked about the blue line. That's in partnership with DOT in the city. So there's a line that's on the course, for those of you who have never seen this before, and major, many major urban marathons, major, ma ma many major marathons have a line on a route to signify that is the course of the race, um, which is a really, really cool thing. Because when you see that that's out there, it's race day. You have fires. There's going to be banners that are up on the walls and up on, on the light poles throughout the city. That elevates it as well to show you that you're on the course. There's actual mile mark signs that are out there to tell you what mile mark you're in. So there's some really cool features. We are so excited to welcome Peloton to the New York Roadrunners family, and you can sign up for the Peloton app this October to try it for 60 days free, no strings attached. From strength and meditation to outdoor running and step-by-step -step gym plans, the Peloton app makes workouts and workout tracking simple and fun. No equipment needed. Find it in the Apple, Android, and Google app stores. New paid memberships only. Offer ends October 31st, 2023. Terms apply. Peloton, the official digital fitness partner for the TCS New York City Marathon. Ted, let's talk about something that's very important right now for runners along a marathon course, which is hydration for a second. And last year, as we all know, it was a warm, warm year here in New York on Marathon Day. Temperatures got into the 70s. It was humid. And a lot of folks were struggling out there. Um, they needed their hydration. Uh, misting stations were out as well. Can you talk about the plan when it comes to making sure there's enough water and Gatorade as well as things like gel packs out there for folks and how runners need to think about hydration? You know, depending on what the weather is, we don't know as we sit here what it's going to be. But the, the plan that a runner should have in terms of making sure they get what they need on the course and how we are making sure that it's there for them. So I'll, I'll give you some quick data here. Um, there are 21 aid stations on the route, uh, seven elite fluid stations about for elite athletes every 5K. There are two uh, banana stations, two gel stations, 25 medical stations along the route, and uh, there's 38 restroom stations along the course as well. So there is a tremendous amount of resource that are out there on the route. We are calculating anywhere between two cups to three cups per athlete. There is Gatorade and flow water at each of the stations for each of the athletes. In preparation for the race, you definitely want to look at the stations are approximately about a mile or so apart. So you have basically fluid at every point and there's assets and resources at every mile along the route. One of the new elements that we added post 2021 is the ability to bring your own hydration. So if you have handheld or waist held uh, hydration, you should have that with you in the event that you need to consume something in between each of those aid stations. But there, are, there is ample product that's out there on the route. 
listen to your body. Rule number one, your coaches are telling you this, you're reading this in magazines, you're reading this in blogs, because I don't know if people read magazines anymore, but all of the points of information around preparation for the race is you should do nothing different on race day that you have not done through your training and preparation. Nothing new on race day. Everybody That's says it. it. No new shoes, no new clothes, no new stuff in your body. That's probably you number go. one. Absolutely. So what you've been consuming and preparing your body for during your training and preparation for the TCSUC marathon is what you should go out there and do. Whether it's our marathon or any other marathon, you should do the research and finding out what nutrition is out there so you can get yourself acclimated to it. And again, it's SIS uh, gel, uh, it is Gatorade endurance formula, and it's flow water that's out on the route. So athletes should get accustomed to what those items are, and they will be out there in full for our runners. Flow water is an alkaline water as well. So Correct. folks should get used to that. If they don't have flow where they are, they should try another alkaline water. But that is something that is is useful to get used to. Correct. Correct. Because it's definitely, you know, an, uh, something that folks should prior to taste and, and get themselves acclimated to. All right. Let's get to the finish line now, which is where everybody wants to be. Um, you know, there's nothing like getting to the finish line of the TCS New York City Marathon. Um, we get a medal around your neck. Obviously, if you if you need any medical, it's there for you. We got a huge medical operation at the end there, and then there's the walk off. You know the the aforementioned ponchos, which, which by the way, if you've run other marathons, these are not those like you know tin foily you know kinds of things. These are like legit ponchos that you can you can use in your in your in your everyday life after your marathon. So they're really nice. We didn't people didn't need them too much last year. It was 75 degrees, but on a colder day or a wet day, they really come in handy. And then there's the walk off, and you know Correct. it's it's a it's a bit of a walk off in New York. Yeah, it's it's actually what's interesting is it's a lot less than it was prior to 2020. We've shortened the distance there, but that post race walk off is key. Um, so some fun facts and tips that people should know about and be like, oh, now I understand why they make a, such a big deal about please keep moving. So you have just been moving your body at some pace for 26.2 miles. Okay. For your fastest athletes, that's uh, about two and a half hours plus minus. And then, you know, it could be five hours, five and a half plus, plus, plus. When you get to that finish line, it's, you must continue moving. You know, you'll have lactic acid, you'll have, uh, you know, blood uh, coursing through your body. Keep moving. That's what we key. That's the key thing that we stress to athletes is please keep moving as you're making your way over. And yes, you'll get all of the post-race amenities that you want. And there'll be an opportunity for you to truly celebrate your experience with your loved ones at the family reunion. There'll be photo ops and everything, not only on race day, but then the following days at the finish line, we have Marathon Monday, where you can come in and get your medal engraved and you know get some final finisher items from the folks from New Balance. So those items will be there waiting for you at the finish line, as well as our New Balance Red Hub on 57th Street here in the city. But the coolest thing, and I tell people this all the time, take a moment especially as a, as, a, as a new staff member. So I say this to you, and I know you saw this last year when you were at the finish line. It is by far one of the most amazing, most beautiful, most inspiring moments is watching all types of people cross that finish line. Every type of body, every type of person, every race, color, creed, everyone crossing that finish line. It is one of the most powerful, one of the most dynamic, one of the most amazing experiences that's there. And it unifies us as a people. 
You know, um, I, I, I will stop for a second and just soak it in and just watch that and say, wow, we were a part of that. We helped create those memories and those moments. Last year, and I had been announced as CEO, but I hadn't started yet. And so I had a chance to go to the marathon. I went to the finish line terrace where you really have a bird's eye view of the finish line. And I just sat there and I just watched and watched for like a good 45 minutes. I just watched people as they came to the finish line and just looking at the expression on their faces, I can almost kind of sense maybe who some of the first time runners were or who were running for some special cause or reason, because just to see what it meant to them, you know, and most of them are coming across alone. Some have, you know, someone they ran with, with them, but most of them are coming across alone. And just that moment of looking up, you know, looking at the clock, looking at the fact that they were there at the finish line, seeing what it meant to them. It's an incredible place. I really believe that the finish line of the TCS New York City Marathon is, pardon Disney, the happiest place on earth <laughs> because it is absolutely stunning to watch it. And there's nothing more fun than being there and then getting to put a medal around the necks of some of those runners. Yeah, it is magical. I mean, that's the only way to describe it. And whether it's somebody that has ran the marathon, you and I both run the marathon twice and know it firsthand and how magical that moment is and something we'll hold on to forever, um, or for those people who will be doing it for the first time, or even some people that have done it for like the 10th, 12th, 15th time, it's still a magical moment there. All right, let's talk about spectators for a bit. So we've talked about the runners, their day. They all come, many of them come with family, with friends, whether they're from the city or coming from another country, an ocean away. Where do you recommend that a spectator go? Where, where do you think are some of the best places on the course? And for those who want to maybe catch their runner a couple of times. When I ran my first marathon, I remember my parents caught me once going up First Avenue, but they went pretty far uptown so they could catch me where the crowds were a little bit more thinned out. And then they doubled back and caught me coming back downtown in Harlem from the Bronx. And th th those were good places to be because especially that second time when they saw me and I had done the Bronx loop and I was coming back down, I'm now getting into some pretty, pretty high mileage. I needed, I needed to see a friendly face. It was getting serious at that point. Um, what do you think are some good spots that spectators uh, of you know people with loved ones running can think about going and strategize how to see them a couple times? All right. So the first and foremost, what I recommend for spectators, family, friends, anyone that is coming out and experiencing the TCS New York City Marathon, download the app. The app is the way to go for sure. If you go by way of going to you know your app store, downloading the TCS New York City Marathon app, not only will you be able to get facts and information about the race, the runners, you'll be able to track your loved one. Uh, there's a feature on the app that actually tells you uh, as, the, as the athletes pass the timing points along the course, where the nearest subway is, how you can catch them at the next location along the route, while you're waiting for a loved one, if you want to catch the, the, the energy of the marathon and seeing where things are, the, the marathon is streamed on the app as well. So you can track and monitor that, which is really, really cool. Uh, the one exercise that I need to get better at, because not only am I on the clock and I'm focused and I'm taking care of like, you know, from runner number one to runner number 50,000, is I have family and friends and loved ones that are participating. My cousin's running his first marathon this year. I can't tell you how excited I am. I see getting emotional about it because I'm like, I remember changing this kid's pampers and now he's going to run his first marathon. Like, how incredible <laughs> is that? 
So I'm absolutely going to be tracking him and waiting for him at the finish line because it's going to be the greatest moment to see him and give him a big hug while he's out there. So yes, downloading the app, uh, having that information there, studying the, the route, looking at where you want to be. And one of the key things too, Rob, that's that that it's important for you and all the listeners and everyone out there is what side of the street are you going to be on? The left side or the right side? You know, and maybe you need to let the athlete know like, okay, as you're going up, you know, 4th Avenue, if you're going up 1st Avenue, if you're going down 135th in, in, in the Bronx, like I'm going to be on the left side or the right side. So look out for me that's there. Spectators, wear something that your loved ones will be able to see. Tell them like, hey, I'm going to be wearing this bright neon hat and this jacket. Like, look out for me. Uh, make signs. Make a number of signs. You know, go to the expo. Many of our partners will have um, sign areas that you can create those and have those with you to show some love, not only for that person that's running, but for the stranger in front of them, behind them, or next to them as well, because that's going to help power them to the finish line. So having those pre-race logistics going in, downloading the app, looking at the course, looking at where things need to be, those are going to make the race day even better for your your loved one as you're watching them and supporting them on the course. And for those who want that amazing kind of VIP experience right at the finish line, uh, we got a great opportunity for folks. You can buy tickets for the grandstand at the finish line and those great areas where you can really see both the elite runners and then others, including any friends or family, come across the finish line, be a part of that moment with them. Uh, you can go to nyrr.org to purchase tickets, to be there right at the finish line. And by the way, something new and exciting this year around the finish line, we're going to have a little radio as well. So if you've bought tickets to that area, you can use a device to listen to the live broadcast. We have a screen there as well. You can watch the ESPN uh, WABC broadcast there, and you can actually be a part of listening and hearing everything that's going on as the marathon plays out as well. So even a better reason to get those tickets and check out the finish line. Ted, for those who are not going to be able to get onto the course, of course, we got the broadcast, and the broadcast is something that's special for the New York City Marathon. Great partners at WABC Channel 7 here in New York, ESPN2 nationally. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see the best in the world, and then you can also stick around and hear the stories of all the folks running the marathon throughout that broadcast. It's a global event, and uh, it is broadcast globally, and I think the team, uh, the phenomenal, incredibly talented team that works so hard on the broadcast side with our partners to identify great locations of content, identify great locations of engagement, and tell that story really well, because while there may be you know, millions of people that are out on the route cheering you on, there's loved ones all over the world that would love to see and experience in that day. So watching it on the broadcast is definitely the way to go and to see it. And it's really, really cool. I think uh, my first year having friends take pictures you know, of the race and like whether it was at the start line or, or being interviewed on the course, I think it's really, really cool. Uh, but also when you come home, you can talk about your firsthand experience as the runner and the spectator can sit there and say, oh my goodness, and I saw this on the course and I learned so much about the marathon, the history of the marathon, the engagement of the marathon, the stories behind the people that make this race special, which were all of the runners that are there, the community members that are there, the volunteers, as you mentioned before, the partners that are there. I mean, the broadcast is a really phenomenal job of fully telling you what the experience will be on race day. All right. Post-race, how do you celebrate? Well, what do you think are the best ways, places to celebrate? How do you celebrate? And it's a long day. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm not sure how much energy you have left to celebrate, but the finish line is a special place and it goes late. As, we, as New York is known for you know, keeping that finish line open 
for that final finisher. Talk about that nighttime experience at the finish line. So there's a couple of things that happen. Um, at the finish line, so we have something called the final finisher. So uh, we are there, you know, as as the, the the sun sets, the lights turn on in the city, and the lights are on at the finish line. Music is there, DJs are there. We have the vibe still kicking it there. I think I will never forget last year's marathon. We're there. It's I don't know eight or nine o'clock, and all of a sudden, people started breaking out into the electric slide, and I was like, you know the volunteers and family and friends and people that were just spectating and waiting for the runners to come through legitimately at a party at the finish line. Um, and it was amazing. It's incredible. I think the coolest thing too are when finishers, runners that finish early in the day, come back to cheer on the runners that are out there um, making their way and finishing along the route. So that's a cool feature. But on the participant side, once you've completed you know, the race, you know, you have your pockets of runners, you have your local runner that's run, completed, family and friends are waiting to meet them, whether it is at our family reunion on, on uh, Central Park West or at a different location, um, they'll go meet that loved one and celebrate that night, you know, um, and you should celebrate it. Wear that medal proud, you know, let people know that you've completed that race day. So I think that that's a really, really cool touch there. Um, for folks that are from out of town, I keep saying the plan plan, you know, it's it's the P rule. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Plan ahead. Make reservations, book the massage, look for those things that are going to be the thing you want to do after you've completed your marathon day. So cuz that will make the experience that much better. Meeting your loved ones, getting somebody to document and take a photo together with everyone, which is always my favorite to see people in that that level of joy and excitement. Like I'll never forget the level of excitement my mother had when I crossed the finish line and my family had when they saw me cross the finish line for my first marathon back in 08. So uh, it will never be something that will leave my heart It'll always be there. So that's an experience that you'll have firsthand. Our photographers from Marathon Photo will be waiting for you as you cross, um, making your way down with your poncho, with your medal, with the big smile there. You know, document those moments and those experiences there and share those moments with everyone. But yes, there will be parties in the city. Kid you <laughs> not, trust me. There's going to be after miles parties and parties that different clubs and groups are having and everyone's doing something. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate the accomplishment, all the work that you've put in for many, many months and the 26.2 miles. And then after the party and hopefully a, a good night's sleep. And I think most people sleep real well the night after the marathon, not always so well the <laughs> night before. But after the marathon, there's some deep sleeping going on in New York City. Then you got Marathon Monday, which you touched on a little bit. And, you know, that's a, that's a pretty special thing. I mean, you got the metal engraving at the pavilion right near the finish line. You got some shopping. People can pick up that finisher gear uh, by our friends and partners at New Balance. So that's something you'll want to stick around for because it really kind of puts that finishing touch on an amazing race experience. Yep. So not only will New Balance be on site, not only will we have marathon uh, engraving, not only will the staff be able to answer any final questions that you have, but our partners from HSS will be there doing some post-race recovery. Our partners from New York Times will have the New York Times newspaper. So fun fact for you here, Rob. So it for, for many, many years, New York Times has the list of all of the athletes that cross after a particular time. So I think I think it might be like five hours or five and a half hours is the cutoff there. Uh, or 
the number of names you could fit in the number of pages that are allocated in that special issue of the New York Times. So I highly recommend pick up that issue of New York Times after Marathon Day because that's your issue of the New York Times. So those partners will be there on site as well. So Marathon Monday is at the Pavilion, and then we shift over to the Run Hub on Tuesday and Wednesday for, again, additional information on uh, metal engraving, HSS post-race recovery, and the like. All right, Ted, I can't wait. I am. I don't know how it's going to be for me the night before the marathon. I'm not running, but I'm quote unquote running it. You're really the man in charge, but I'm going to be there with you. And it's uh, it's just going to be special to be a part of this uh, for the first time as CEO, your third time as race director. What's the one thought you'd like to leave the runners with? Those who are running, the one thought you want to leave them with as we end this conversation about their race day here in New York? Um uh, Soak it in. You know, uh, I think many of the race directors before all said the same thing to the next race director coming in. Um, it's kind of like your wedding, it's kind of like your graduation, it's your big day. And you did all the work to get here. Soak it in. Um, I have a photo on my phone still to this day from my first marathon, actually, my second marathon that I ran, and I looked up. And it's me running over the Verrazano Bridge and it's insane photo. Head up, soak it in, look around and make those connections. Talk to people, you know, say, hey, you know, um, this is my first marathon. This is my fifth marathon. Are you running? Have you ran? Talk to those folks and make those connections because everybody has a TCS New York City Marathon story. You know, whether you've ran, volunteered, spectated, supported, you know, made a donation for to Team for Kids or any of the other organizations that have contributed to the millions and millions of dollars that are raised in charity, share your story. You know, tell people, be proud of what it is that you're doing, but definitely soak it in. Head up, document, have a smile on your face, you know, don't walk a lot, save those legs leading into race day, you know, but definitely make those connections because those are bonds and connections that you will hold on to for a lifetime. There are photos that you'll look back on forever and say, I remember exactly how I felt at that moment, you know, so that is the recommendation that I will tell folks, enjoy it. You've put in all the work, you've gotten to this point right now, you know, it's showtime, go time, as we say, uh, downstairs in the, in the events operations side, showtime, go time. All of the work is for this day. So now trust on everything that you've done and go forth and conquer. All right. Ted Metellus, the Senior Vice President of Events, the Race Director of the 2023 TCS New York City Marathon. Ted, it's been great. Thank you for being here. Can't wait to see it all happen. You put in the work too, and uh, we know it's going to be a great, great day for all of our runners and fans and spectators. So thank you, my man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you to the incredible team at New York Roadrunners. Thank you to the city agency partners. Thank you to the, all of the people that have made New York great, our incredible volunteers, our medical staff, the PD, the city, all the agencies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It's time now for today's Meb Minute, where we talked to Meb Kofleski about some of his tips and tricks for running. And Meb, we talked earlier in the show about the cancellation of the Twin Cities Marathon and 10-mile race because of the heat in Minnesota. You've had to run a lot of hot races in your career. They don't always postpone them for the elite runners. What are some of the things you can recommend runners do to get themselves ready if they know they've got to run on a hot day? You know, knowing when you're running, of what time of the month is important, and then if it's know it's going to be hot, 
you train for it. There's two kinds of runners. Some people who like it really cold and some, some people that can do well in the heat adaptation-wise. So you have to teach your body how to sweat. And that means running in the middle of the day with sweats on or also sitting in the sauna. I mean, I remember my good friend, Dr. Mike Karch, telling me before the Athens Olympic Games, he says, you need to go there, sit there for 10 minutes in the sauna. And then next day, you're going to go sit for 15 minutes, but have a T-shirt on. And the next one, you're going to go 20 minutes, have a T-shirt on, a long sleeve shirt on. And then eventually, you're going to put in 30 minutes with T-shirt, long sleeve shirt, and like windbreaker. I'm like, I'm going to die in there. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to know if I could make it. But I took his advice and uh, I made it to 30 minutes. He won't make it an hour, but you got to use common sense and say what I need to do. And I used to train in the middle of the day with the hoodies, uh, tights um, to get acclimated and teach you about how to sweat because I was at altitude at, you know, 8,000 feet or so thin air. But you got to get ready for Athens where it's going to be hot, hilly, and humid. And and uh, and then also going there early as an elite athlete, sometimes we can have a week or two weeks to get adapted to that, going to that place. But there's a few other things that you can do. Wear a hat. Keep the, the hat wet every time you can, a chance. Put water on your palm of your hands to keep the core temperature of the vessels a little bit cooler. But also put water on your back of your neck to keep the cold temperature, you know, we attended an Olympic training center where they told us if you do those three things, it will be very important to cool your whole cold temperature. And obviously if you have availability, like we did ice, ice vests, we did that for as long as you can, or stay in air condition, cooler temperature or shade. But it is important to know your body and start slow and have a strong finish because, you know, in the heat, you don't even need to do a warm up because your body is already warm. So those are the things that you need to Versus a cold temperature, you have to do extra strides or extra time warming up so, or extra stretches. So, you know, those are the few advice that I have for running in a hot temperature. All right. Get the body acclimated. Give it a chance to stay cool. Now I know why you're always wearing that hat, Meb. Now I understand why the hat was always part of the Meb Kofleski kit. All right. Well, that is today's Meb Minute. And that's it for another episode of Set the Pace. Presented by New Balance, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners. want to thank Ted Metellus for joining us to give us that great insight as to what runners can expect this year. And Meb, listening to Ted talk about everything we're going to see on Sunday, November 5th, it's getting me more and more excited for race day. It's great to be with Ted and uh, just to be able to hear him and give us all the information is necessary to have a safe and fantastic experience at the TCS New York City Marathon. All right. We will see you all next week. Remember, every episode of Set the Pace drops on Thursday. You can get it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave a review, rate it, tell your friends. We will see you all next week. Have a great one.